It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, it's Ron Johnson, and yes, another great backdrop. This is not CGI. These are real leaves. I'm uh, hanging out down in Orlando, Florida, getting ready to go to Disney World, but we got to talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves. What's going on with Carl Anthony Towns? He told us something that we knew, but finally he confirmed it. So we'll talk about that, as well as the eighth seed. Do they find another person to come alongside Anthony Edwards? We'll talk about that next, coming up on the Ryan Johnson Show. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Hey, hey, welcome to the Ron Johnson Show, and I'm your host, Ron Johnson. We're going to bring Sam Extram on uh, at some point in the show, but I just want you guys to know this episode is powered by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Just visit FanDuel.com backslash Locked On. Yeah, you see it down there. That's FanDuel.com backslash Locked On to make every moment more, and Thursday. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You're going to want to check out the parlays. We are definitely going to make sure you know about those. But please check those parlays out because, hey, upsets are happening. Put your money on on Princeton. If Princeton gets to the Elite Eight, that parlay just got paid up a lot bigger. So make sure you go to FanDuel.com backslash locked on to make every moment more and get started today. Well, as I bring Sam Exerman to the show, um, we got to talk about this. Sam Carl Anthony Towns, and, and you kind of alluded to it. What, what happened with Carl Anthony Towns? Because we got to talk about this. What happened? Yeah, while you were in the air flying down to Orlando, Carl Anthony Towns was sitting down with John Krasinski. And our friend John wrote up a good piece on, on what Towns revealed to him. And it wasn't in detail, but Towns did confirm that he had a, quote, major setback with his injury in January. And Towns was already upset because – the team said four to six weeks, or they leaked that to Woj. Uh, mm-hmm. Towns says even without the setback, it was never going to be four to six weeks. But then it ended up being more like four to six months um, with that major setback. Remember, he posted an Instagram with him in a walking boot uh, during the Super Bowl. People were suspicious. They were scratching their head. And, uh, and it sounds like Towns is now close to returning, according to Chris Finch. But um, he may only get a couple games in here before the end of the season. So that's the news on Towns, major setback on his way back, sees the light at the end of the tunnel, but he's missed over 50 games now, Ron. Yeah, here's the thing about injuries with uh, NBA players, and we know this, Achilles, ankles, heels. Um, It's one of those things where when it's a foot, ankle, leg injury, there are certain positions in football that you might be able to get away with that. We know offensive linemen, you could tape that thing up super tight, and you could just get out there and get through it. You got 17 games. In the NBA, especially when you're a guy like Carl Anthony Towns, you had 82 games. It's tough to get out there every single night on back-to-backs and play. When you play one game, you wake up the next day, it's super sore, it hurts. You're trying to get it back ready to go to go again. 
and honestly, is it worth it long term if he were to completely rupture an Achilles or something or or tear a ligament in his ankle that, you know, requires surgery, all that kind of stuff. So whatever the setback was, whether they said, oh, you know, it's a, it's a one week thing or two week thing. Let's rest you and get you back out here. He goes to practice, does something after he's kind of, you know, whatever. And then it's like, oh, yeah, it's not what we thought. It's a lot worse because um, I've been there before as an older guy even. So I'm not Carlin D. Towns. Uh, but I remember playing basketball in my older days, 30 plus, and uh, having a sore, it felt like just a sore Achilles. And I remember like gritting through, ah, oh, man, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to still play. And then somebody kind of told me like, dude, you're at that age where that could be an Achilles. And so I stopped. I stopped for a good month and a half and just worked out, lifted weights till the soreness went away. And then I was fine. And so, but that's the difference. I'm not having to get out there and practice every day. I'm not getting paid to do this. Uh, I'm also not 6'10". Um, that's a big factor. When you're longer, taller, you know, we, we joked about the 7'4 guy and, and how uh, you sacrifice height sometimes for athleticism. And so, you know, your movements aren't as fluid when you're 6'10 to 7'4", when you look at the Purdue center and how he got taken advantage of. So there's a lot that goes into this with a guy of cat's size. Um, Like you said, he said he's close. Who knows what that means? We've been hearing that forever. And so until we see Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, Rudy Gobert, Mike Conley, and somebody else on the court, we're going to not understand what this team truly can be. And so I hate to say it. I was I was all for trade, and I'm still maybe all for trading one of the guys, Gobert or Cat. Um, but honestly, until we can see all five of those, or four at least, and then one guy, whoever their fifth guy could be a guard, because I'm not I'm not opposed, and we'll talk about that with James Diaz coming up next. James Diaz is a former uh Syracuse point guard, started as a freshman under Jim Bayheim, and uh he, he's gonna talk a little bit about college basketball, but also he has a nugget for us about LeBron James. So we, we want to talk about that a little bit. He's going to tell LeBron James, quote unquote, wants to be an owner and he has a spot picked out, they think. Uh, but is it going to happen? Everybody wants to be an owner when they're rich, uh, but can they make it work? But as James Diaz alluded to as well, they need another score alongside of a guy like uh, Anthony Edwards. And so I think that's going to be the key. And Sam, you, you brought up the Knicks game. You know, they've won that game. They're in the eighth spot now. So they're not in the play-in. Well, they're technically in the play-in, but they're not in the 9-10 play-in. They're in the playoff play-in, which now if you beat the seven, you jump to the seven. So, you know, again, that's actually conducive to them right now. Like, you just have to beat the seven to be in the seven, and then that seven dropped down to eight. They, they play the winner of 9-10. and 10. But when you look at this, when you look at the whole makeup of this, this, this team right now, and like you said, Brunson, Jalen Brunson with uh, New York. All of a sudden, everybody's like, oh, he's just be a guy. He'll be he'll be a guy in the NBA. And now he's the man. Like, he's the man for the Knicks. And so sometimes it takes guys time. Torian Prince, first-round draft pick. Utah Jazz, goes to the Atlanta Hawks. Cavaliers now ends up with the Timberwolves. Record – I mean, what was the record, Sam? You said he, 35 points. What, 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 what record was that? Yeah, Torian Prince, 8 of 8 from three-point range last night. That's the most threes in Timberwolves history without a miss in a game. Wow. He was on fire. 12 of 13 from the field, 8 of 8 from three. And they needed every one of them because the Knicks had 57 from Randall. I think both teams shot about 60% from the field. That was a really fun game. And, mm -hmm. and Ron, we kind of talked about this with Kaprizov on the Wild. When you lose a star, sometimes that's what it takes to get your other guys to really 
feel comfortable asserting themselves offensively. So last night it was Prince. It was Noel. It was McDaniels. It was Conley. Everybody was stepping up that they kind of have needed for, for a while now without cats. So I actually, I loved watching it. There was a lot of teamwork spreading the ball around Nas Reed getting involved. Uh, It was a really, really fun game. Yeah. And when you look at Torian Prince, I mean, six, six, he's basically a guard. They call him a forward, but he's more like a guard. He's like, he's like a, uh, a Clay Thompson, I guess, small forward guard. Um, and that's why I like that. I, I do like if he can, and again, eight for eight, that's not sustainable. Now, can he go on a heater? He only has nine games left, eight games left that he'll really get to participate in probably. But could this build that confidence? Could this be the kind of like, whoa, where'd this guy come from? Because we know that happens in the NBA where guys go on these runs. Jordan Poole, you know, they go on these runs and then all of a sudden they become a star in the NBA because they get that confidence. Jordan Poole, got that confidence from playing with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. All of a sudden, everybody's like, man, this Jordan Poole kid, is a, he's another splash brother. James C. has alluded to this. Who's the other guy? So if you were to put Anthony Edwards with Mike Conley and uh, Torian Prince, I like that three. I like that three. If Torian Prince can give you that production, I'm not saying 35 every night, but if he can give you 15 to 16 just every, like consistently every night, like, hey, if you kick it out to him, He's wide open. He will knock down the three. I think that's what we were talking about with Austin Rivers and some of the guys missing wide open threes like five to six times in a row because when I was at the Pistons game that happened. And I'm like, how do you not knock that down? You're a pro shooter. You're wide open. Like, I think if you gave me ten of those, I'm making five. Like, I'm pretty sure I can make five of those. Um, Maybe not from the NBA three all the time, but the college three for sure. But I think that's going to be the key to this team is can they can this work? And if you put Rudy Gobert with with uh, Carl Anthony Towns down low, your two bigs, but then you have Torian Prince, Mike Conley, and Anthony Edwards, could that be the starting five? Could that work in the playoffs? Uh, again, former first round pick out of Baylor, uh, first team All Big Twelve, so the kid could clearly play. But again, it takes like you said, somebody going down, a star to kind of get out the way. Um, honestly, I think that's what happened for Scottie Pippen when Michael Jordan left. Like when Michael Jordan left, Scotty kind of figured out his role and he could be a star. And then Jordan came back and then they were even more dominant. Like they won three because it's Jordan and it was Pippen. It was Robin, you know, they are not Robin. Uh, you know, I forgot, um, Horace Grant, Cartwright, mm-hmm. you know, they had a squad, but then Pippen, Jordan leaves for a little bit. Pippen takes over. Pippen's the guy for a little bit. Then Jordan comes back. Pippen's like, okay. I can sit, give me the ball. Like, I can still go. And I think that's that's where the, the Timberwolves are going to have to find. Who is the guy that's going to come back uh, when Anthony Edwards comes back, if he comes back? Because, again, I mean, I hate to say it. I lost I lost faith in this training staff. I did. I, I'm, I'm so, like, I, I hope I hope next year I get my faith back in this training staff, but I just don't have it. Like, I don't understand if they don't understand their timelines, if they're lying to themselves. Because, again, that's why team trainers, a lot of NFL players go to outside doctors because they don't trust their own trainers because mm-hmm. their trainers are paid by the team. So they're going to say what's best for the team and not the player oftentimes. And so I feel like that's what's going on right now with the Timberwolves a little bit where these trainers aren't, I don't know, like it just doesn't, I don't, I'm losing faith. So are they, if, if he's going to be back soon or whatever, he's day to day, day to day could be every day for the next year. We don't know what that means, but we got James Diaz coming up, Sam. Um, it, it's going to be a fun interview guy played against growing up. So we were middle schoolers playing down in pal basketball. Uh, but at that moment in the sixth grade, I realized this, this theist kid was special. Uh, we ended up going to the ha- same high school at Martin Luther King high school. 
and he did not disappoint. He was one of the first freshmen I saw above the rim, dunking the ball, shooting it, uh, taking games over, and then, of course, goes on to Syracuse to play. But you got to hear his story. Uh, that's coming up next. Uh, but remember, you can download the Locked On Sports Minnesota app on Amazon Fire and Roku. Just go to your Amazon Fire or Roku TV device. Just search your apps, Locked On Sports Minnesota. You can download it right there to your TV. And we have a word from our sponsors. Today's show brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On and the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Yes, FanDuel has so many different ways to wager. NBA, NHL, March Madness comes back on Thursday. And hey, we've also got MLB ramping up here pretty soon. Uh, You can bet on anything you want. Point totals, rebounds, assists, three-pointers made. You can stack them up in a same-game parlay. And you can use the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Safe, secure, super easy to use. And here's the deal. No sweat first bets for new customers. Up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Claim your no sweat first bet at FanDuel.com slash locked on for up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if that first bet doesn't win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It's an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Well, now it's time for the Hangover Ron Johnson segment. Uh, this one is a fun one for me. Uh, James Theus. He goes by JT, as that's how I knew him growing up. Uh, this is a guy that, you know, I, I played Little League basketball. I watched him play down at 1300 Bobian in Detroit. Uh, for you guys that have watched or heard Jalen Rose and talk about that, uh, Javen Hunter uh, was on, and, and we talked about those Pal basketball days. JT was a big part of Pal basketball and Detroit basketball. Went on to uh, the University of our uh, Syracuse University to play uh, basketball, then Detroit, uh, and now he works for the uh, Junior NBA. I want to thank JT for uh, joining me on the Ron Johnson show. So, man, you're my boy. Uh, you know, grew up watching you play in the gym, watched you at King High School, uh, and then you went on to Syracuse, and I told you, man, like, the one thing I've been doing as I get older, I'm 42 years old now, man, I've been making sure to uh, reach out to guys that I truly admired, uh, that I wanted to make sure they knew how great they were. And, like, I had, you know, talked to Tony Dungy, uh, had Mel Blunt on, and uh, I just I just know for men, we don't do it enough, man. And I just want you to know that, you you know, hands down, you were one of the best yeah. basketball players I've ever seen play the game of basketball. Um, so I want to jump out there, man. Like Thank growing you. up in Detroit, uh, Detroit, people don't really understand how good. I mean, they know the Fab Five. They know the Jalen Rose, Chris Webber stories, but they don't understand how big Detroit basketball was. But, you know, for you, you went to a football school, quote unquote, Martin Luther King High School, won a bunch of state championships now recently in football. But you kind of made into a basketball school, man. How was that? Uh, as you started, you know, just ba- basically making Detroit uh, and Martin Luther King, you know, a, a spot that people wanted to watch. Uh, man, once again, thanks for having me, man. Um, it was it was tough, you know, because my neighborhood school was central and um, pretty much everybody from my middle school went to Alter. They went to either Northwestern, Northern or um, Central. So um, me playing Little League, uh, playing at PAL, uh, shout out to my boy Don Defoe. His father um, came to my house and um, convinced my mom to uh, let me play for the PAL team. Team was called the Magic at, at that time. Um, you know about the Magic. So oh, yeah. that's when I met Larry, uh, Smoke, 
guys like you. Um, and from that point on, I started playing Little League Pal and um, got introduced to uh, Coach Walker, Speedy Walker, uh, ended up playing for him. And uh, playing for him, um, he was pretty much my AU coach at that point. You know, that that, that was my guy. I only played for one AAU person. And um, shout out to Speedy Walker, the family. Uh, I played for the family, uh, sixth grade. I think it was sixth grade after I played for the Magic. Uh, when played for the family and uh, most of the players from the family were going to King to play. And I had a good friend, Sam Hopes, um, who went to King. And um, I just thought, you know, why not? Because I also had met uh, Coach White. I met Coach White at um, Coach White's, Coach Benny White at um, his camp. I think I was in a seventh grade or sixth grade, I met uh, Benny White, and um, that was Speedy's guy. And um, the marriage just took place like that. And my sister, a lot of people don't know, my sister went to King. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, my sister, she she went to King before me. Shout out to my sister, Sharice. She, um, and she she was, you know, like I said, I'm from an area, Dexter area, Linwood area, everybody goes to Central, and um, that just wasn't that wasn't probably the best place for me to be at that time. And, and luckily my sister went there to King and she excelled there and um, always thought, you know, why not? And then when I met Coach White and uh, Speedy, it was just like, it was just a no brainer. You know, that's where I wanted to go. Yeah, man. And when you talk about Detroit Central, uh, you know, I, I bought this up before Antonio Gates, uh, for those that don't remember, Antonio Gates went to Detroit Central High School, really good basketball right. player. Uh, uh, Darling was there as well with him. You would have had like that year, their senior year, I think would have been like your freshman or sophomore year. So that could have been another powerhouse, you know, team opportunity. Uh, but you know, like you said, the, the neighborhood and the stuff, maybe you would have gotten into there versus King. Uh, you know, it was just, it was better for you to be at King than it was a century. You still went to Syracuse. So one of the best schools in the country for basketball, uh, but have you ever thought about that? You know, because Central at the time ended up, I think, going to play Cass in the championship. Yeah. Uh, did you ever think about like, man, I could have played with Antonio Gates and Darling? Yeah, I've thought about it. You know, that's something I thought about. But at the same time, um, we're in that black and gold, man. As you yeah. know, it's like um, you have to experience, you know, I feel like those were the best years of my life far as playing bat far as actually playing basketball I was you know playing at king and just being around that environment uh meeting new people i met my wife didn't know she would be my wife at the time but you know um you was held to a high standard uh far as on and off the court that was big for me because you know where i'm from and the side of town i was on um you know we we were all close and we were all family far as friends and stuff like that but uh it really wasn't that many high expectations as far as education and um, things like that. You get what I'm saying? Oh yeah, definitely, so, definitely. Uh, King was King was a blessing to me. You know, I, I bleed black and gold, and um, like I said, I I wouldn't trade it for nothing. I, I often think about it, uh, the central thing, but it's more of like a just a a cool thought to have because right. I, I'm still cool with them guys. You know, I know I just talked to uh, Ron Day Teleferro, the coach that was there at the time. Uh, that was my guy. He, um, 
he's like family to me. So, you know, we still keep in contact and stuff. And now you've uh, transitioned on to the uh, to the junior NBA. Um, what what exactly are you trying to grow and do with the NBA in this new role? Uh, basically, just trying to bring some some more basketball to Vegas. Uh, I'm thinking about four or five years. Honestly, I think LeBron's gonna have a team out here. So, okay. just trying to position the junior NBA with what's coming. So. That's that's pretty much why I wanted to take that position and I'm excited about the season starting in May. And when you say team, are you talking like AAU? Or are you talking like, uh, you know, like a, a, a G League franchise? What do you think LeBron's going to try to do? I think he's trying to uh, get an NBA team. Oh, okay. Because um, that's just word on the street. You know, right. I, I've talked to some credible sources and um, they say and that's something that he wants to do. So. Vegas is already on the rise, as you know that. Yep. The Raiders, the Aces, the uh, Golden Knights, I think yep. they're yep. Uh, almost – it's almost a certainty that they're going to have the uh, A's. I don't know, but I, I think that's something that they're working on. So Vegas is is a hot spot right now for sports. Yeah, and I know players are, are all looking into ownership, especially a guy like LeBron who probably can come up with a, a – easily get a group of guys for him to be a minority, a majority owner – uh, you know, mm. and, and and be able to liquidate some of that cash. He started the schools and we know, you know, he's going to head towards that billion dollar number like Tiger Woods, like Michael Jordan, uh, like mm. Serena Williams. LeBron James is right there. So I could easily uh, see that happening in Vegas, probably, you know, trying to get his son at some point to be a part of his own organization. Exactly. Um, but when, when you look at LeBron James and you brought you bring him up, man, and it's been a it's been a big time discussion. And I don't think you can mm. ever qualify and quantify what Michael Jordan did in his era and what LeBron's doing in his era. Uh, but when you look at what LeBron James is doing in his era, 6'8", 250, 260 pounds, do you think there will ever uh, be a time where people truly can just say, you know what, Michael Jordan was Michael Jordan, LeBron was LeBron, or do you think it's always going to be you're either a LeBron fan or you're a Jordan fan and, and people just can never see the two sides you know, coming together? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's 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 tough because I feel like LeBron and um, Jordan are two people that you can pretty much put on a projector and talk about. You know, right. they're two different styles of players with the way they think and play the game. So, for instance, LeBron is a person that I would love to play with, <laughs> right? Because you know why he would he would make you feel like he loved to play with you. Whether you do or not, it doesn't matter. He's going to make the extra pass. He's going to, you're going to have a high five, the handshakes on the sideline. You know, you feel like a family, which it seems from the outside looking in. I haven't had, a t I haven't heard of, of anybody saying that they hate LeBron James right. after playing with LeBron James. But I've heard plenty of people say, you know, <laughs> I've hate Michael Jordan. And that's okay. Right. But Michael Jordan won. I'm, I'm sure the people that won with him are definitely grateful. And they, and Except for Scotty. Uh, Scotty's never going to be grateful. Yeah, Michael Jordan. exactly. <laughs> so it's like, it's just, it's, it's a new wave. It, it, it even goes into um, social media now. Yeah. It's just, just, it's like, you know, now it's cool to um, be together and work together. And uh, right. that can be frowned upon because that's not the America that, um, was before us and um, I think it's changing now for the better. And to yeah. me, LeBron was that icon that we needed to just show 
what you can do on and off the court with your with your brothers, you know, yeah, with man. your sisters, you know, that's so it's like, yeah. Um, I don't know about the basketball part far as who's the best, but right. I know that um they're just two different type of players. You know, right. I've seen both me and you've seen both. It's just a different era now. Yeah, no, 100%. And when you think about, you know, different eras, like looking at college basketball, and we'll, we'll jump into that. But when you think about college basketball right now uh, in, in the scope of, of where they're headed with NILs, and you think about your time in college, um, do you think this NIL and transfer portal, quote unquote, is sustainable? Or do you think they're going to have to find a way to police this overall? Um, it's, it's, it's tough for me because, you know, I was one of those kids, Yeah, you know, that, um, left. So, um, that's tough to me because, you know, you got some people that's, that need to leave and some people that don't need to leave, you mm-hmm. know? So it's, it's pretty much like a, a, uh, a new wave too of culture and that's okay. You know, a lot of people are, are impatient now, you know, you have people with social media, once again, that's like they need results right now. You know, they don't need teaching. They need to get to where they need to, to be. You know, they feel like they might know more than you or um, feel like they can they can do it on, on, on their own. And that's OK. But it's like a hit and miss with the transfer uh, portal to me. It depends right. on the player, the, if the parents are involved, uh, where where they're going, why they're going is a number of questions. So. And when you think about you, so you talked about you transferring, uh, you were one of those kids. You had some circumstances that happened at Syracuse. Um, if you could go back to that time and one, either make a different decision, because um, I mean, honestly, we know the story. You left Syracuse, Carmelo Anthony comes the next year. And, you know, have you ever sat back and thought about like, man, if I hadn't have done this, or I wish I would have handled this this way? Uh, when it comes to your, you know, overall just career within Syracuse and then moving on to uh, the University of Detroit? Of course, man. I think about it, you know, I've thought about it plenty of times. And it's 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 got me to where I'm at now just on a peaceful journey because at times, man, it was it was tough because yeah. I left I left Syracuse. Um, and this this is no disrespect to, uh, you know, my father or any males that were around me at the time, but mm. you know, I'm a father now. So I needed that father figure around me to uh, kind of help me out. But the reason I left is because, you know, I was about to have a child. So uh, I just got scared. You mm. know, you young, you in college, everything moving fast. See, a lot of times people don't understand how fast those four years go. Like, I don't even remember a lot of that stuff, man you know, because it, it just happened so fast. Right. And it's the ultimate, um, what do you call that? That's, it's, it's a really, those are some tough choices. College is like shooting craps to me. It's like, you know, you could crap out. You don't know, you just right. don't know. It could go, you went to college with guys that you knew were um, pros, but didn't make it to the pros. Right. But it wasn't because they couldn't play. It was just maybe the situation or maybe they decision-making off the court they got them maybe in trouble or something like that so yeah i think about that man i think me and my brother we we talk about it all the time because it's like man i would have been starting and because a lot of times a lot of people have this um this i've heard people say this um and this got back to me Mm -hmm. meaning that you know it's, it's it's almost like oh i 
I left because of Carmelo was playing. But if anybody know anything about basketball, like playing against Carmelo Anthony and Jerry McNamara and being able to um, throw lobs up to uh, Hakeem, already what I was doing, you know, before they came there, uh, far as uh, Carmelo and McNamara, um, it would have helped my chances out a lot. Right. To make it to the NBA because that's where I wanted to go. I didn't. I never wanted to play overseas and things like that. Like I wanted to buy my mama that that house. <laughs> yeah, when you think about that, I mean, like even Carmelo, like, and and this is more of a, a joking <laughs> thing, but when you think about that, you were number fifteen. Like, mm-hmm. what what would you have done? Car- Carmelo comes. Is, is are you going to let him get fifteen, or is he taking seven? <laughs> he got fifteen, man. Just give me that chip. <laughs> Just give me that chip. Just give me that yeah. chip. You can have whatever. You can have what he could. Carmelo could have had whatever number he wanted. Okay, I I saw Carmelo on this visit, man, and we um we um you know we we met or whatever, and yeah, and I I I don't know where I saw him. I think because usually we play. You know, when a visit, when when somebody come, you, you know you play or whatever. I don't know if we played when he was there because I think he was with his brothers, right? But I definitely saw him shooting the ball. And I was like, yo, like this dude is, this dude is the real deal. You can tell, you know, right. just from, um, we ballers, we know from the whole swag, you know, just his mannerisms, everything, uh, his seriousness about uh, the game of basketball, the way he approached it. You know, I watched some of his high school games, but like I said, just how he was on a visit, the short time I um, was around him, I knew that, you know, he was definitely everything that they uh, talked about. Yeah, man, because I mean, what I, I don't think I've ever told you this story. And so being with the Baltimore Ravens, Carmelo was from that area. And so he mm-hmm. came to uh, Cal Ripken's house. So Ray Lewis has set up this game. Uh, Cal Ripken had a game at his house with a bunch of like athletes. And so he invited, uh, a, you know, Ray Lewis, basically, because I was his next door neighbor. And so Ray mm-hmm. reached out to all the guys on the team that could hoop. And so like myself, mm-hmm. Adelius Thomas, Terry Jones, Javen Hunter. You remember Javen? Um, and I forgot who else was, I think Randy Himes and I can't remember the last two, but we all went over to Cal Rifkin's house. He had a, a, a a gym in his, in his house, uh, which I can't even call that a house. That thing was ridiculous, but, uh, (laughs) these high school kids show up and they're like this AU high school group of kids, USA, you know, whatever U 17s. And as we're playing them, we find, and I didn't even think about it at the time. Like this was later. Once he got to Syracuse, we realized that's that, that was that kid. You know, six eight, six. You know, one kid was six eight, which was mellow. Then he had like a six four, six five. He had another six ten kid with him, and so they come to play. And I mean, and I, even then, I'm like, man, these kids is in high school. I'm like, oh my god, like they. I mean, they're throwing lobs. I mean, the kid could shoot from anywhere. And then later, he did tell me, he's like, man, I'm going to Syracuse. And I remember saying, like, yeah, my boy uh, James Theus is there, so you know, you have to check him out. And then I'll never forget, man, like watching him get there. And finding out you weren't there. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. And I never, (laughs) I never like found out. I never, you know, because by then, you know, I was gone past high school and like I never knew what happened. I just, you know, I saw you were at UAD at that point. And then, of course, uh, Justin, your wife's brother, was my best or one of my good friends in high school. Um, and so, you know, I I saw, I started seeing Ashley and then I'm like, oh, wait, there's JT's married to Ashley. And so, um, you know, that's one thing also, man, I'm proud of you. as a husband and father, man, because the way society tries to say it, and like you said, man, like 
being able to have that father figure, being able to be that guy, you know, society often doesn't want to talk about that. You know, they want to talk about the good and then they want to talk about the celebrity. They don't want to talk about the real life uh, that we go through, whether it's arguments, fights, whatever, and finding a way to make it work. So super proud of you yeah. for that too, man. Um, yeah, I and, and, it. yeah, no, and last, we've got two more before we jump to the daily three. That's three questions, three minutes each. Luke's going to jump on and uh, answer that, or sorry, ask the questions. JT's going to answer him. I'm going to pick up where he leaves off. We're going to give him most of the time because he's a guest. Uh, but when you look at the scope of Detroit basketball, and so you you bring this up, you say, you know, kids, so on and so forth. You got Imani Bates mm-hmm. out of Michigan, goes over mm-hmm. to Memphis, doesn't, you know, doesn't really do well with Penny. No, no, yeah. no idea why. Goes to Eastern Michigan, mm-hmm. killing it at Eastern Michigan, gets a gun charge, gets out of that. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you look at these two kids, Alabama, you know, capital yeah. murder. You know, you got the one kid Miller who's playing, and at any moment, the feds yeah. or somebody can come grab him off the court and say, "Hey, we're we're charging you because we found out you gave the." You know, what 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 do you think needs to happen with a lot of these guys like that man that need that protection, need to be told, "Hey, stay out of these situations because you are one mistake away from not being a millionaire or, or even getting a shot to keep playing or even freedom." You know, two mm-hmm. of the guys aren't going to have freedom. You know, Miller's going to get to keep playing, hopefully, and, you know, he'll tell his story. But, you know, when you look at a kid like Imani Bates out of Michigan and you hear all the stuff and he gets out of the the gun charge because it wasn't his gun, um, you know, what what kind of advice do you have for young guys like that? Uh, I I think that going back to Imani Bates, shout out to Imani. He's he's doing his thing, you know, on the court. And I'm glad that he's he's found his rhythm and he he looked happy on the court. So uh, he definitely got a chance to change his his family's life. So shout out to you, man. Um, but they need mentors, man. They need, they need people that maybe are not on the team, mm-hmm. you know, um, but people that can talk to them, be real with them, be honest with them, pray for them. Um, just teach them things that has nothing to do with basketball about being a good person, why you need to be a good person. Um, how you can affect your family, you know, from your decisions and really know, just, you know, maybe go to, um, uh, my wife is gonna kill me, but it's in DC, uh, the museum, you know, maybe they need to take trips and see these places uh, yeah. about our, our our history and just see that, you know, this is not a game, man. You know, when me and you was coming up, we, we wanted to make it. Right. <laughs> Yeah, we we wasn't playing like me and you. We wasn't playing. I wasn't a kid that just sat at home and play video games. You know, after right. practice, I'm going to the Northwest Northwest Activity Center. I'm getting I'm getting shots up. I'm benching. I'm you know when I got to Syracuse, I was I had the highest vertical, and I think I was like third on the team in benching. You know, like we was we was serious. You know, but we 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 was doing it for a reason. A lot of times, these people. And these young guys and, and young females, it's like they they don't the purpose that they're doing it for might not be for them. They might be doing it so other people can see them. Right. Or, you know, it's like, no, you gotta you gotta have a purpose for yourself, you know, not for what you're trying to portray to be or, you know, personality, persona, you know, that's a mask. Like take the mask off. Like Imani love to hoop, you can tell. Just hoop, man. Right. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, that's that's great advice. Well, we're going to jump into the daily three. That's three questions, three minutes each. But remember, people, when you subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota, you're getting endless Vikings talk with local experts. Just subscribe to the free Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast feed wherever you find your podcast. You can find all of our videos on Locked On Sports Minnesota's YouTube channel. You can also now download the Locked On Sports Minnesota app on Amazon Fire and Roku. Whichever TV device you have, just search in your apps. Search Locked On Sports Minnesota. The app will pop right up on your TV. You can get all the videos, all the shows. You can watch all the up-to-date press conferences as we know the Vikings continue to add more players. And also, please visit Vikings.com. You can check out our latest videos on Vikings.com with all the most recent free agents. Well, it's time for the Daily Three. That's three questions, three minutes each. Take it away, Luke. All right, fellas. Yeah, I got the Daily Three coming in hot. First one up, let's start with you, JT. Growing up in Detroit, there was some outstanding basketball players around. Who's someone you loved watching or tried to emulate? And doesn't have to be from Detroit alum. Could be anyone you loved growing up. Uh, I would say definitely the bad boys. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, Dennis Rodman uh, with, the, with the fly haircuts. I mean... <laughs> It's just it's just the swag, you know, to me, people talk about swag and these guys, you know, the way they dress and stuff now. Nah, but um, Dennis Rodman and John Sally with the handshakes and just just that that swaggerness that they bought to uh, Detroit with Isaiah being kind of like that. Um, just a surgeon, you know, just could nobody hold Isaiah. So definitely Isaiah. Um, who else? Of course, the five five, you know. Jalen, what he did to, to Michigan and uh, Chris Weber, Jimmy, all those guys uh, felt like you were rooting for your brother or cousin. I didn't even know those guys, but I ended up meeting them, of course, knowing them later in life. Uh, but, of course, him, uh, Jalen. Um, let's see. Uh, I'll go to high school. A uh, guy named Rolando Todd, Roll Todd, he played for Finney. Uh, R.I.P. to Roe Todd. He was a real nice guard to me. Um, somebody I always kind of measure my game, you know, to see how good I was, always checking him out. Um, of course, Rashad Willis. I mean, not Rashad Willis, Rashad Phillips, mm-hmm. yep. uh, J.J., uh, them guys, they were just icons uh, to the city, like rock stars to me. Um, who else? Bo Leonard. It's a bunch of Detroit guys, man. You know, oh, yeah. we, we we was we was we was uh my boy Smoke, you know Smoke, he uh he got injured a lot as a kid, but when I first played with Smoke uh at St. Cecilia, a lot of people don't know I grew up uh, around the corner from St. Cecilia. I was always in the gym uh as a kid. That was pretty much my backyard. So I got a chance to see guys like Smoke, uh Tico. Um so yeah, those those are the people that kind of got me together. My boy Sam, Sam Hopes. Um, there's so many to name. Mm-hmm. I know somebody gonna be mad. Plenty of people gonna be mad. <laughs> that I know. Um, but yeah, my I favorite me, player, yeah. Who you got? My favorite player, though. My favorite player is um, Golden State Latrell Sprewell. That's why okay. number fifteen. Mm-hmm. When he got there, uh, he reminded me of, um, you know, he reminded me of something I never seen. Uh, the ball head, the, the shorts, the converse, you know, I like to be different. That's how I was. I didn't follow the crowd. So he had converse. He was dunking on everybody. Uh, he he was just, he was just in his bag, you know, and um, 
He reminded me of Westbrook uh, when Westbrook had his MVP run or whatever. I like players like that, D. Rose and his prime, those kind of guys that just, just play with that. That's how I tried to play, you know, with that physicalness and um, trying to dunk on people um, and stuff like that. So that's Latrell Spirell is my guy. Go to state Latrell. Yeah, I'd say JT is probably one of the first freshmen I've seen jump out the gym. Like as a freshman in high school, walking onto the varsity court, uh, backdoor live. And I'm like, okay, this kid can jump. And I'm like, all right. And so, yeah. And so after that, like I continue to watch him. Honestly, and I told Jeff, you know, D. Brian, all those guys, like at 6'3", 200 pounds, I was, I was probably 6'3", 210 in high school. I look back and that's the one thing I do kind of wish I might have like stuck with and didn't let Benny – get in my head and I you know I missed one practice because I was sick and then I was like screw this I quit I do kind of yeah. wish because I remember watching you guys like go up against uh Antonio Gates and I'm like man that's that would have been the games where I could have been used to bang be another big body in there yeah man. um you know it's just another in another person to be able to guard anybody on the court now that is the one thing I missed but as far as basketball itself uh, I grew yeah. up around David Weber. So Chris Weber's little brother played with him, mm-hmm. Javen, Jeff McCall. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jalen Rose was always Javen, my guy. Man. Yeah, yeah. J- Jalen Rose though, was always my guy. Like he played slow. Like I played slow like that. Yeah. I actually found, I don't know what grade we were in. I think I had to be like an eighth grader and you must have been seventh or, or sixth grade. Yeah. I found a VHS tape of you and me <laughs> playing against each other in basketball i gotta at some point i gotta find a way to record it wow. and, and and show you but yeah we were i yeah. had to be like i was like seventh eighth grade and you were like six because yeah. you graduated what 99 or 2000 2000 yeah so you would have been set you would have been like sixth grade and i would have been eight mm-hmm. and uh mm-hmm. we were in that middle school league over i forgot where but it was pal and uh yeah, yeah, my, dad, yeah. my dad passed away i found the vhs wow. and my dad had recorded that game it was like me uh byron i forgot who else was on it jermaine miller was on my team and we played yeah. against like you sam uh forgot who else y'all had a team though I was remember, oscar I on that team too <laughs> i think yep oscar left-handed super awkward runner oscar, man. shout out to my down river southwest boys man oh yeah oh yeah so what you got next sam oh man i think ron i think the people will pay good money to see that uncovered footage man you get to release that someday all right number two next one up Jim Beheim recently said Syracuse will not run a zone defense next year once he leaves. Do you actually believe that will happen? Like, is that going to be weird for the first time to see that? Because you think Syracuse basketball, you think of Jim in that iconic zone defense. Ron, let's start with you. Uh, I think that he was just putting on for the media. But, I mean, in his mind, if he does truly walk away, who like he doesn't know who's going to take over. He's not like Coach K where he has somebody, you know, Shire was there at Duke waiting for Coach K to retire. I don't know if Syracuse has a Bayheim kind of person waiting that's going to be able to carry on because that two, three extended zone, that's not easy to teach because you got to teach backside. You got to teach the guards how to drop down at the right moment. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of zones recently get the light shot out of them because they just don't know how to co- – I mean, we've seen the Timberwolves try that matchup every once in a while, and they got killed uh, by the Mavericks in that corner three. Yeah. They couldn't figure out how to stop the corner three. And so – but Syracuse and JT, you played in it. Syracuse for years has run that. So in my opinion, I just think he's saying it because he doesn't know who they're going to hire. And that's just him saying, look, if I'm gone and they hire God knows who, they're not going to come in and do what I did. They're going to come in and do some kind of other scheme and want to create their own Syracuse legacy. But I don't know, JT, what do you think? Um, I definitely think that, you know, it's good to have. And they actually did hire uh, Adrian Autry. 
Okay. So he he's there. Yeah. Shout out to Adrian. He's a former player. War he actually wore the number 15. Um so then he might run it there. He might run it two three. Yeah. So you know, he's uh he's a brother and um I'm excited for him. He's uh highly touted and everybody respect him. Um on the team and past players, I've never actually met him, but as far as the zone, um it's good to have, you know, at least at least he have it. But right. you know, the thing about the zone to me was uh that that was that was like you know Pat Riley with the Lakers, you know, it's yeah. like that was Bayhan thing, you know. It, I don't care who you are, you're not gonna be able to play the zone like Bayhan because that was basically his brand. That's what he branded, you know. He recruited right. players that knew how to play. Uh in that that system and to me that's like you know he was a wizard at that so uh i just don't it's it's almost like you know it's just the end of an era man yeah it ain't, it's, it's no more i can of, see that of, i get I, that does it's make sense too. Era, because that's that was Beham thing yeah you know it's just you know his personality you know he was a character so it's like he, you know he's up there with the uh mike sheshewski you know like yeah oh yeah Bobby Knight, like you know, he's he's one of those type of guys. So, and that was his thing. So, I definitely don't think the zone is gonna be uh, popping like that anymore. You know, <laughs> I, it's good to have it. You know, at least right. uh, you know Audrey, he'll have it, and uh, he probably can be the closest to uh, getting the best out of his his uh, players at it because being up under Bayheim so long, you know, you learn all the little tricks and stuff like that. True, but, true. You know. Um, but it it can't be mash, man. What you got next, uh, Luke? Last one. All right, last one up here, fellas. So speaking of eras, the new era in the NBA is all about the super teams right now. Do you think Anthony Edwards can get it done with Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert the way they're constructed? If not, what's missing right now? What's holding them back? Um, this is just my my honest opinion. I like Minnesota. Um, got recruited by a coach from Minnesota during my years. Uh, forgot his name chris finch um, nope uh man uh, i have it on my phone let me see give me one second would have been but skip or not skip uh was it dan monson oh dan monson yeah. gophers yeah oh, gophers. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, gophers. Yeah. yeah yeah minnesota yeah, yeah the gophers mm-hmm. yeah so i got recruited by them in high school they actually sat in my living room um wow. but i i think anthony davis i mean um anthony edwards needs he needs to he he needs another player that he can learn from and also a player that he can take breaks throughout the game and not mm-hmm. try to be the ball dominant person all the time. He you know, and I don't know if that's a good mixture with Carl Anthony Towns and him. I think right. Rudy Gobert is good for any team just because NBA players don't play defense anymore. So oh. it's like, you know, if you can get uh what four of the guys around Anthony um Edwards some shooters, um, a combo guard, somebody that's that's proven that can score but can be a leader, somebody like a C.J. McCullen that could take over uh-huh. spurts yeah. here and there of the game, you know, those type of players, but also uh, can hold respect in the locker room. Um, I think that Minnesota would be good. It's nothing wrong with Carl Anthony Towns, but, you know, I think he can be a better fit for – the Lakers, you know, he could replace mm-hmm. Anthony Davis to me. You know, imagine if they had Carl Anthony Towns, he younger, um, just the way he played. He's an outside in person first. He's not an inside out person. And um, 
that's just my opinion. But mm-hmm. no, I, I think like they definitely. I think yeah, I think Minnesota definitely got the talent. They just need somebody that uh, Anthony trusts and he can listen to, but can show him how to win. And I don't know if that's uh, that trio, but I would definitely keep um, Rudy Rudy just because yeah. you know the league don't play defense anymore. So mm-hmm. you know. You know, yeah, somebody yeah. blow past you. You still got you still got him. So I'm sure if they could find f- three more other guys that that can play and know their roles around Anthony Edwards, that can be scary. Yeah. yeah, no, and I agree. I think I, I looked at like Jackson with the Grizzlies and what he brings to that team. Uh, defense definitely matters. Uh, and I've said that honestly. I, I, earlier, I think in the year, I said trade Cat and try to get pieces that you can get around. Uh, Anthony Edwards and Rudy Gobert and now you've added a guard like Mike Conley who's an older guard but you're right you know there's no reason you can't have a CJ McCullough uh, and and go a three guard system like when you look at um, the Warriors you know they always go out there with a three guard system it works Rudy Gobert is your big you get one more big to play with him you go with Anthony Edwards Uh, it could be a CJ McCullough and then uh, uh, Mike Conley Jr. and that that could be your your you know you got your two plus you got Rudy Gobert and uh, yeah, it's interesting. I, I do like that take though because I think that's always been the key. Anthony Edwards can go, but yeah, you're right. When he's down or he can't, he's tired or whatever it might be. They need somebody else. Uh, they tried it with D'Lo, didn't work all the time. Uh, worked sometimes, but not all the time. But yeah, there there doesn't even be another guy. Uh, well, I want to appreciate you. I was say I appreciate you for joining me on the Ron Johnson Show, JT. As I always do at the end of the show, man, I always let the guest kind of uh, write a letter to themselves. If you can go back to the future. Uh, 18-year-old JT, 19-year-old JT, 15, 12-year-old, whatever it is, and you were able to give yourself some type of advice to help yourself out in the future, man, what would you tell yourself? Um, I would basically, I would tell myself to, um, just follow my, follow my first mind, Mm. um, do what you need to do, do what you want to do, do what, do what you notice in your gut, um, I would have took all of my visits. Um, a lot of people don't know only took one visit. I have oh. plenty of visits lined up um, and only took one visit and I committed on the way um, from the airport, uh, leaving my visit. So um, I would have took my visits. Um, and other than that, man, I think I've done pretty good. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm a good decision maker. You know, I, I take care of my family and, um, I've been a, a faithful, loving husband to my wife and uh, trying to be, try and continue to try to be a stand-up guy, you know, to my family and just be a great example as uh, what can be, you know. So I feel like I beat beat the odds, man. You know, I'm, I'm, I have no, I have no stress, man. Life is good for me, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, man, I appreciate you for joining me on the Ron Johnson Show. Uh, Remember, people, if you want endless Vikings talk with local experts, just make sure you subscribe to the free Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel where you can find all of our videos, all of our shows, instant podcasts after every game, and the Vikings press conference delivering all the biggest news. And remember, this episode was powered by FanDuel Sportsbook. Just go to uh, FanDuel.com backslash locked on to get started today. It's going to make every moment more. And we're in the middle of – March Madness, people. So those parlays are going to keep getting better and better and better. You don't want to miss out. FanDuel Sportsbook is where the action's at.
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.